0: Well, thanks uh, for that, Holly, and thank you, uh, Georgie, for sharing that story with us. Now I'm going to think uh, with you for a moment about what that story means for us today as we listen to Acts. Uh, We've been continuing this series called People of the Spirit where we're thinking about uh, the stories of this middle section of Acts and what it shows us really about what was it like to be part of the early Christian community what was it like to be part of the early church Uh, and what can we learn from the way that they lived and the way that they responded to this time uh, from our own period of transition of change and opportunity we're in a time when things are changing and there's a lot of interesting things happening so let's think about how they responded to that time too so as we listen to these people there's all these different stories that we've seen and who were these people well uh, last week we heard that these were the people that uh, people looked at them and said, well, these are people who are like Jesus. They started calling them Christians or Christ ones, people who were following the way of Jesus and his teachings. In fact, we saw in the beginning of this series in Chapter 9 that Christians started to be called followers of the way. That is, there was a way of living that they had, which they inherited from Jesus and which people could see. I want to think more, a bit more about the way at the moment and what that means for us. Um, I think the way is a helpful way of thinking about what the early church was about. Um, not necessarily that they were uh, a religious movement going around sharing their beliefs like so many other groups in the, old, in the um, ancient world, but actually they were thinking themselves as the fulfillment of uh, the promises that God had made about how he was going to work through his people in the wider world. Particularly that the Holy Spirit, God's spirit, was now flowing out from Israel into the wider world through the people who were following the way of Jesus. Um, and so there, it is like there was a stream or a river of the Spirit that started in Jerusalem. And as we see in the beginning chapters of Acts, move from there to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And we're starting to see that happen as we read these stories. And I think this is supposed to be seen as a fulfillment of some of the prophecies we can see, particularly if you look, say, in the book of Ezekiel, in chapter 47, there's a description of a vision that Ezekiel had that from a renewed temple in in jerusalem there was a river that was going to flow out which was going to go to the ends of the earth um and which was going to bring healing um and justice as it made its way throughout the earth and so i think that's an image that acts is picking up and we also see it again at the end of the bible in revelation 22 that god has actually gone out now into the world to bring his his life and his healing to everyone and so Uh, The people of the way, the Christians in the early church are actually part of this flowing out of the spirit, I think. And so I think this idea that there is this stream of the spirit flowing out, this way that we can see, it really unifies all these different stories that we can see of different people in Acts, because what we can see is how did experiencing the way of Jesus and the flow of the Holy Spirit change their lives and how did it change their communities? We can see things like it overcame divisions between them, So in these chapters, particularly the division between uh, the Jewish people and Gentiles who had been separated for thousands of years are now coming together through Christ. Divisions between men and women learning to worship together and to serve God each in their own way. Division between slaves and their masters, which were being healed and reconciled as well. And people's hearts were being changed. Miracles were happening. People were being raised from the dead, we heard when we looked at the story of Tabitha. And so they were experiencing this move of the spirit now. And so the kingdom of God is manifesting, they would have said, Uh, the presence of the spirit is going out into the world. And two great examples of that um, in the lives of particular people that we've seen in previous weeks are firstly the Apostle Paul, who was the Pharisee Saul, who had his life completely turned around when he encountered um, Jesus Christ and the spirit in his life. And then he said, well, I'm getting on board with what God's doing now. And the last few weeks also thought about the story of Cornelius, who was a Roman, a Gentile, um, through whom we can see God is now calling all these people, Gentiles and Jews, to come together in a new community, followers of the way. And we learn, I think, as we look at this, that we are also called to be participants in this stream of the spirit. It's still going out throughout the world, and we're invited to jump in or walk alongside and participate in what God's doing as he moves throughout the world changing people's lives and changing communities and last week they have thought what does that mean for our mission and our vocation as a church and also individually as we go throughout the world today i'd like to talk specifically about some of the issues raised in this chapter uh, chapter 12 and i, th- well, I think there are, it shows us some of the factors that in one sense shape how this flow of the spirit goes the direction and the experience that we have as we follow Jesus on the way, as we encounter some of the things that uh, God's work is meant to overcome. So the forces and powers of the world, um, as the stream of the spirit goes out and changes and challenges those forces. And so I've I've called my sermon today, or the topic is uh, the enemies of the way and the friends of the way. And what do we learn from this story about the forces in the world and what it means when Christians encounter them in the power of the Holy Spirit? So there's a feature, really, you can see in the New Testament from the Gospels of Jesus onward, where the work of the spirit and Jesus's mission is always, always resisted by political and spiritual powers in the world. So there are those who hold sway over the lives of people politically, militarily, uh, economically and spiritually. Uh, who create the structure of the world in which we live and they resist God and they oppress uh, humanity as a whole for their own gain. Um, In Jesus's day and in the time of the book of Acts, this is seen as particularly um, the Roman Empire. So this political force who had control over the lives of millions of people and resisted the early church and resisted the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Also the religious establishment based in Jerusalem who rejected what God was doing through these people. Uh, And finally, Jesus constantly encountered, and his disciples do as well, um, spiritual powers, demonic forces, evil spirits, uh, what um, Paul calls in his letter to the Ephesians, the powers of the air, the principalities, uh, those spiritual beings who actually have influence over our lives and who oppress us and try to hold us back from knowing God and from experiencing the spirit. The greatest example of these powers really is seen in of course in the cross of Jesus Christ, where the Roman empire who was supposedly this just um, humane civilized empire actually brutally murdered the most innocent person ever. And it, sh- it showed the powers that were behind them. So Acts also shows Uh, the resistance then of the powers of the world to the flow of the Holy Spirit, to the way of Jesus and the mission of the church as the apostles go out on their various uh, journeys of mission. So the powers, they try to stop the flow of the river, you know, put up dams to it or barriers to stop it flowing into people's lives, uh, to stop it or divert it from what God wants to do, the persecution of the church uh, and the force that is brought to bear on someone like Peter. And when that doesn't work, of course, the powers will try to pollute the stream of the spirit by sowing temptation and division among God's people so that they don't um, witness to what God is doing in their lives. So in Acts chapter 12, as we've just read, I think we see resistance to the apostles, which comes from the particular person, King Herod Agrippa. He was the king of the Jewish province at the time he was started to put the apostles on trial and kill some of them in order to uh, show that he was on board with with what the Romans wanted and to stop what they were doing. So we hear James had been killed by him, and he's put Peter on trial uh, in prison. And it shows then the church was actually starting to upset the peace, so-called, and the balance of the Jewish provinces under the Roman government, and they wanted to do something about it. And so Herod is a great example of someone who is part of this spiritual resistance to the work of the Holy Spirit that we see in the book of Acts. So that's the stage that's set for this particular story. Um, Today though, I wanna focus not so much on that resistance because it's something we see a lot of in Acts and we can speak more about it as it goes on. But I actually wanna talk today about the, the other side of it, which is the assistance that Peter receives in this situation, the friends of the way that he encounters. Um, in one, when I uh, thought up this series I thought this is a story about Peter That was how I put it to myself But when I read it actually it's not really a story much about Peter at all uh, The main character is really the angel of the Lord The one who breaks Peter out of prison and tells him what to do Peter doesn't really do much at all in this story He's not really an agent, he just does what he's told um, The angel carries out his mission and Peter follows along you know i identify actually with the angel as i read it because if if you're a parent who's ever tried to get your kids to get dressed and get out of bed and get to school it's very similar conversations that he has with peter you know wake up get up put your clothes on it's time for us to go and peter you know fortunately is more obedient than some uh, to those kinds of requests so he follows the angel out over here he goes to be with the believers and they're praying Peter which is great but they're not really on the ball either because he turns up and they don't kind of let him in for a while they lock him out I thought it's a good kind of low-key comedy there as well so it's really not the people of the way who are on, on the ball in this particular story it's the angel of the Lord who's helping out so just think about this particular story it's an angelic story or it's a story of the work of an angel what does it actually tell us uh, and what do other stories like it tell us uh, I don't think it's giving us a simple message that you know well Christians are always going to be protected in the world by supernatural power. so great uh, because we see, of course that James wasn't protected, he was killed, um, but Peter was for some reason. But what I think for us we can take away from this story is a reminder for us, particularly in our modern world, which we forget, um, is that we live in a, actually a complex, spiritual environment you know and there are actually forces on both sides of the equation Um, and our experience of the way of following Jesus is actually affected by uh, those at that atmosphere both by the resistance that we receive but also by um, the assistance that that there is there the powers at work in the world Um, and that includes yes angels um, these created spiritual beings mysterious to us of course but who we hear about those who help who protect and who serve uh, God's people um, as he um, asks us, as he asks them to do so. You know, I know a lot of people are really interested in angels. And so I don't want to get into too much about where they're from, what are they like? Um, That's for another day. But this is a reality um, that we should take into account as we understand what it's actually like to be a Christian and to follow Christ and to be part of what he's doing in the world. You know, the the reality is we will experience trials, we will experience resistance and difficulty if we are going with the Spirit, but we'll also find that there is assistance, help, and grace along the way. I would say we have friends in high places, (laughs) Um, powers that are on our side as well. Um, We think later, for instance, of Paul and Silas in prison. They're they're let out in a similar way by a supernatural intervention. Um, And I think Holly mentioned earlier that Christians have experienced these kind of scenarios throughout the years. I think particularly of the story of a man named Brother Yun, who was a Christian uh, leader in China, uh, who was imprisoned for his part in leading the church. And he had a scenario where he was in one of the highly uh, most uh, fortified prisons in China and found that he could just walk straight out one day and escape uh, with a miraculous intervention uh, and help. So those things have continued to happen for Christian people throughout the years. And I think it's helpful to know this. You know, It is helpful to know about our friends that we have on the way too. And the reason is I think that. Uh, The world can actually seem like a hopeless place if we just focus on the resistance that we see out there to the work of God and the Holy Spirit, and it is easy to do so, I mean, particularly at the moment, look around us, what do we see, we see sickness and death, we see uh, trouble, we see war in all sorts of places, Uh, we see environmental degradation going on and people not doing what is needed. And there is a lot of bad news out there. And there's also, if we look at the church and we say maybe it is in decline, there's oppressive spiritual atmospheres and things that are making it hard to follow Jesus. It's easy to get wrapped up in that. It's easy to think that that's the only reality. But I think this story reminds us that if we do go with the spirit, if we do stay in the stream of the spirit, which has never stopped, we can expect that we will actually find more support sort of more goodness, more encouragement and help than we might expect on the way. So moments of grace, angelic support, things going our way when it doesn't seem that they will. You know, the world is a troubled place, but it is actually also still a good place. It's full of God's presence. It's his creation. Um, And while there is resistance and trials, there is also help along the way. And there's nothing really that can stop the flow of the spirit this river of healing and life from going out and if we believe that we can experience that as well i think i'd encourage us then um just as we finish up this reflection to remember that that's a reality and actually try and live it out a bit more maybe as we go out expecting to see god doing things and expecting to receive help and assistance if we're part of what god is doing i was remembering a time uh when i was a young adult had a small group and one night we said, oh, instead of sitting around and praying and together and reading the Bible, let's just go out for a walk and pray around our community and to see what happens. You know? And so we went out for a walk. And as we we're walking down the street, we just stopped to pray at a particular place. And then a bus pulled up at the bus stop and a man got off and he was uh, a little worse for the wear, a bit drunk. Um, but he was very interested in what we were doing. So we had a little chat with him about it and he was very moved by the idea of people just praying and asked us to pray with him and for him. We had a good conversation. And I thought if I hadn't actually been out, if we hadn't been out together, just trying just seeing what was going on, we wouldn't have had that encounter. So I'd encourage us to think of our life a bit more like that. Um, why not go out on our own walks with God and see what he has for us? And, you know, the way may be prepared for us. And we might find that there are appointments to be made. Um, and support for those sorts of things so and, and remember that we can ask god for help and assistance along the way and he does like to provide it and of more people than we think perhaps have these experiences of things that seem to be protecting and serving them and perhaps angels uh, operating in our lives unaware and so it's good to live as though we do have friends there are people who care there are spirits who care for us Um, And I think when I've thought this way, the world seems more hospitable to me. And it's it's an encouragement that Jesus is with us and his angels serve us as well. And that helps us to be part of the positive atmosphere of movement of the spirit and to go with him and to trust that things will happen the way that God wants. So I'd encourage us to remember the river of the spirit is flowing. God's going to carry us to our destination. And we do have friends along the way. So I'm I'm going to just say a word of prayer on that basis for us today as a community before we move on to our own time of reflection and communion together. So let me pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this assurance today, that you are with us, that we have friends and those who stand alongside us in the spiritual world. We pray for the protection and assistance of your power and your angels upon all of our community at the moment. We pray that you would lift us up, that you would protect us, that you would meet us when we follow you. And we pray that we would know your healing and power through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.